what? You got a cool necklace on there, man. Yep. The, you know, yeah. some some schmuck Brit got me got me this necklace. So he <laughs> he climbed up to the, the top of the mountain of Machu Picchu and gave me this shit. Where, where, so what what is this? What is where is this from? Tell them what this is. Yeah, that's from Peru. It's not from Machu Picchu, but I got that from a from a kind of like a witch doctor a guy in Peru. Yeah, a so witch it's a condor. It's a it's the face of a condor, and he blessed it on a, a sacred a sacred site, which I guess a lot of people got decapitated at. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, man. You're looking lean, bro. That carnival's working well, huh? Yeah, bro. Fucking real lean right now. Um, I'm I'm down to 192, and this is the first week. So last last Sunday, oh boy, I went I went ham. I had six six or seven thousand calories last Sunday, effortlessly. So apparently, like, there's this thing. Um, I was on this podcast, the Mind Muscle Podcast, and the two hosts of that show. They said that it's like a really big deal if you can eat 10,000 calories in a day. I said, really? That doesn't seem like that big of a deal. They're like, oh, no, no, you think it's not a big deal. But once you try to actually do it, like the, the, last, the last, you know, three, 4,000 calories are, are brutal. So I, I, I just took their word for it. I mean, these guys aren't bullshit artists. Dude, I had, I had 6,000 calories and someone asked me, said, oh, what was, you know, what was your, one of your thoughts when you were eating all this food, I said, I should have had another pizza. Like, <laughs> like I, I very easily, I very, I had one pizza. I had, I had 1500 calories worth of cinnamon bun, cinnamon buns, uh, 1200 calories, 12 or 1300 calories with pancakes, syrup, um, sausage and bacon. And those two things were just breakfast. Then after that, I, I housed a pizza. Um, I had a whole box of, of popsicles, um, I had a whole bunch of donuts. It was 6,000 calories. I went to sleep. Like I had a horrible night's sleep, but I, I went to bed and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm still kind of fucking hungry. So I don't know. I think I might be able to crush this, this 10,000 calorie thing. I don't think it'd be too much of an issue. It, it don't seem like too much. No, no, I, dude, I think you and I can, if, if we wake up and we just, instead of fasting all day, we actually just have our normal meals and we have five of our normal meals. Like it's, it's not that big of a deal. We go to uh, uh, the place in Ramsey for breakfast. What's it oh. called? No, no, no. Ridgewood. Ridgewood. Raymond. Ridgewood. Raymond. Raymond. We get their we get their French toast with some eggs and bacon. Yeah, we go there first, and then we do a lunch. We do a lunch at Kinchley's. Kinchley's. Well, we gotta hit. We gotta hit Favali's. We gotta hit. Have you been to Favali's yet? No. Oh, I didn't take you there. Oh, he didn't have no. it yet. I don't no, think Austin no. had the restaurant yet. No. So this is a great place, Favali's Trattoria. Like, so Austin, Austin opened up this restaurant um, and their pizza there. It's coal fire pizza with fresh mutts they put on it. It's fucking banging. They got these mozzarella sticks there. And they also have these Zeppelis. The Zeppelis, uh, they, they are covered in powdered sugar, um, Nutella, and rested on... Uh, cannoli cream holy this is so good so we we'd hit kinchley's we go there and then maybe we cap it off with cuban pizza for dinner i don't know sure, i don't know Fucking, yeah bro. <laughs> that's ten thousand calories for sure. easily we could and that'd be a normal day 
Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> so we've interviewed so far. We've had we've we've had Anthony Paroli. We've had Aaron Wellman. We've had Devin McCourty. So let's right. let's go for the 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 super. Yeah, all the, all these people so far we've had are, are pretty super successful. Uh, there's EA Enzo Amore, uh, Mandy Rose, Justin Tradow, Kevin Love. Who else? Rolf. Rolf. Rolf Oman. Rolf. Yep. Um, who else we have had we had? Tim Foley, who's yeah. successful in a completely other way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, who else we had? We had some other people. Yeah, I forget. So, with these people that we've had on so far, right? With these, with these group, of, group of people that we've had on, they they've all experienced extreme success or have contributed to someone else's extreme success, right? Like mm -hmm. Wellman, you know, uh, Anthony Paroli, like shit. Now, now this guy is going to be in charge of uh, helping out like Tom Brady and, and all them like with, and, and the guy, his, his head coach, Bruce Arians is no fucking slouch and he's been around buddy. Um, and then you got, you got Kevin Love, who won an NBA championship and went to a handful of finals, right? Then you have Devin McCourty, went to five Super Bowls, won three of them. Mandy, uh, she's a WWE fucking superstar now, and she has the most popular, the most active Instagram of any athlete. Uh, EA, shit, he was like the, the, the best in the world with a fucking, best in the WWE with a microphone in his hand. What do all these people have in common? Right? Like, what made these motherfuckers so successful? Like, it, McCordy, I mean, think, think about McCordy's upbringing. Like, what did he do? That was just, I mean, he just never gave up. He kept going, and he just did everything he could not to fuck up. Like, essentially, yeah, I, think, I think the only, for me, the, the thing that unifies them all is that they just keep pulling the trigger. It's, you know, there's action going on. They're doing things the whole time. You know, so many people get stuck in their own head and they're in this like paralysis by analysis and oh well when this happens then I'll be good enough to now do this and these people are not sitting there with their hands out begging for people to put opportunities in their hands. They're going out and going to grab it. You know, start watching like a bunch of lions watching the uh, wildebeest cross the river. Have you ever seen a video of that? So no. hesitating. And then all of a sudden you get one hungry motherfucker that just runs in and just, you know, takes one of them out, you know? And sometimes he pulls them down to the ground, you know? But sometimes he don't. But these people, they're not, they're not, they're not waiting, you know? They're, they're pulling the trigger all the time. Yeah. You got to be, man. Yeah, pulling the trigger all the time. You know, because that's actually the way you learn. So many people think like, oh, I have to do it right. I can't foul, but I mean, what even is that? Yeah. What is, what is failing? Like as a, as a term, cause I mean, if you, you know, it's like, imagine the first time you tried to walk that you gave up then. So I, you know, as a little baby, try and stand up. I see all these other people walking. I try fall over ones that ah, fuck it. That ain't going to work. <laughs> I can't walk yeah. or a bicycle. You know, but the amazing thing is that we get good at things the more we keep doing it. And everybody's got super, they've got their own super talents. 
and they might be very varied. They're going to be a unique combination compared to everybody else, but they don't get to explore what their own talent is if, unless they're actually in the arena. They're always sitting on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and, and that's, that's, so I've, I've always thought, I shouldn't say I've always thought recently, recently, like one of, one of my big things and, and, you know, past five years or so, I genuinely believe everyone can be great at something. I really believe that. Um, and, and you just need to find, find your strengths. Like even, I mean, even dudes that, that seem like socially awkward and this and that, like they're, they're still, they, they can figure something out and be super, super, super elite at it. Right. We just need to figure out a way. And that's what I do with a lot of my interns. I figure out what it is that they're good at. And I try to like push that some guys are great assistants. I mean, you could still be the best assistant in the world and make a lot of money. You know, those, those exist. You don't have to be the number one guy. You could be a phenomenal researcher. Um, one, of, one of my former interns is the guy, guy I sent you the video of. He's super, super bright. And he even said to me, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of on the spectrum. I said, oh, get the fuck out of here. I had no idea. Like, I just thought he was a quirky guy. But he figured out a way and, and, and he's just, and he'll be someone that we'll likely have on the show uh, later on. I'm not going to mention him by name yet, but mm -hmm. uh, he, he'll be someone that everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people will, will hear about because he's just so fucking dedicated with what he does. He was able to hone in on what, what he wanted to hone in on and, and channel that type of like awkward energy into doing what he wanted to do. Anyone, anyone can be good at something, right? It's like Naval, right? That's, that's, that's one thing he was saying. And he said that on the Rogan podcast. Mm -hmm. um, he, he said, he said, you know, everyone's so different and so, so like magnificent that we could all be, all be good at something. And, and when he said that, I was like, shit, I've been thinking that for fucking years, except I'm not smart enough to be, be saying shit like that or to be able to back it up. Um, it's usually what you, you know, and you should ask your parents. I mean, that's if you, you got parents and all that, you know, all of those disclaimers, but you should just ask your parents or someone that's known you since you were a kid, what you were good at. You know, I've got a mentor of mine. And the first thing he said to me is what, what's, what's your natural, what's your natural talents? What are you really good at? I said, I don't know. And he said, well, what, what's the thing that everyone tells you you're good at? And you think, oh, well, that's not that, that's not that impressive. That's not that good. So his example was languages. He speaks like five languages, fluent, perfect, and an old age, you know? And then he said to me, you know, when I was younger, people used to say, you've got such a talent for languages. He was like, nah, this is easy. What are you on about? But there you go. You know what I mean? So, and, but the talents range from ev like everything. Everything. It doesn't have to just be social or, you know, uh, more like leadership-based qualities. Like what you said, you know, assistant role has a whole other different skill set than it would as a than than someone in a head role position. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, 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 look at look at K Love, right? Motherfucker was just, he found, he found what he was very, very good at at a young age. And he was, he was the best in, he was the best in, I, I think he graduated as the number one high school player in the country or some shit like that. Yeah, that's right? what I remember him saying. Yeah. And then he was a top five draft pick 
that the the very next year, and then he ended up just getting better and better. And you watch him, you watch him play. And I mean, the guy doesn't miss foul shots. Uh, he's 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 a good he's a above average shooter. But I mean, his game like he he honed in on his game so fucking well. Like he found his niche, and he just he's a walking double double now. Like he gets a ton of rebounds, and he scores scores a decent amount of points. What is he like a twenty and ten guy, almost almost every year, right? Like that's and that's his niche within the niche of basketball, right? Like he he can you you can still be phenomenal at what you do within an already I I, I tightly defined area. Does does that make sense? Right. So he's. You know, it, it, I, I don't, it, there's, there's always, even if someone's already the best at something, you could still, and it's that general, that whole general area, you could still find something specific within that general area that you're better than that person that's best in the world at. For sure. For sure. And even what's cooler is, you know, stacking your skills. So you won't just have one thing that you're really good at naturally. You'll have a couple usually. So then you put, you try and become very, in a specific area, very good using three different skills, three of your best skills at it. And then you're going to separate yourself massively from everybody else. Scott Adams talks about this the whole time. Do you, you like the, the Naval stuff I sent you, huh? What yeah. were some of the things that, that, that you, uh, you take with you right now? What's some of the big ones that made an impact on you? Well, his quotes about money to me were spot on, mm. right? I loved, I loved what he said um, about, about income and, and cause it's, it's genuinely exactly, it's, it's how I, it's exactly how I feel. Uh, you know, not to, not to blow myself or, or to, you know, to, to say, say too many good things about it, but I, I, there were his thought process on money and what it's supposed to do for you is exactly how I feel about it. Uh, once you make a little bit of money, these, these are some of his quotes. Once you make a little bit of money, your lifestyle stays the same. It just takes the stress away. That's, that's me. I saved, I saved so much of my money just so I cannot work for X amount of time and be happy and be fine. Like I know if the lights go out, I can maintain my current lifestyle and be perfectly fine for the next however long time. And that's what helps me sleep at night. Um, one subtle problem is upgrading your lifestyle in accordance with the inevitable wage increase. As a result, you stay in the wage slave trap, right? Like people, they make more money. Then all of a sudden, because they make more money, they end up needing to buy more stuff, which ends up fucking them over later on, right? Like now all of a sudden you're a slave. So it's like, I, I bought this house that's, $800,000, but I'm currently living in a place that's based off of a $400,000, right? $400,000 mortgage. So now I pretty much doubled it because I doubled my income so I could afford it. Well, now all of a sudden that extra income is now going to this house and I'm exactly where I was before I had this huge bump in pay. Like I, I can't live like that. That drives me crazy. Like that, that type of, no way. Like I need to be in a constant surplus. I need to constantly be able to save. I need to be living well, well below, below my, my means. 
That's, that's me as a person. And my anxiety can't take that type of pressure. Like to have to constantly be, no, I need to be safe. Like even if I have a paper due uh, in school now, if I have a paper due in a week, I get, I get anxious if it's not done. Like it bothers me that, that this is weighing in over my head. Unless I already did the calculations in my mind and this paper's only 10% of my grade and I have like a 90 average, well, then I don't give a fuck. I can settle for a B minus and not do this paper. Like, right? So <laughs> as long as I have that surplus and it doesn't matter, I am perfectly fine. But the second I don't have that surplus, no way. That's not how I'm supposed to live. So the, when he explained it like that, it resonated with me so well because it's, that's, that's my life. And even, even with training, I am super conservative with my training. Not personally. I'll, I'll lift like a total fucking monkey and, and just like, you know, lift all the weights I possibly can. But when it comes to training my athletes, uh-uh, super conservative. Oh, you got, you got a couple in the tank? Good. Leave it in the tank for tomorrow. I don't care. Do not care. Live to lift another day. Yep. He also said, ideally, you want to make money in discrete lumps separated by long periods of time so your own lifestyle doesn't have a chance to adapt. Brilliant. I, I love that stuff. Yep. Love it. And he also, he also said something that I found real interesting that uh, people, people are reading uh, they, they take pictures of all these books on their tables and their desks and stuff as like a, a way of, of signaling, right? Like, oh, see how smart I am? I have all these books. I read all these books. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm better than you because look at all these books that I read. And he said, yeah, I, I seldom read a book to completion. So me personally, I force myself to read books to completion because I've never read books to completion my whole life. And it's because I was a shitty reader. And I didn't have any confidence doing it. But I know when, I'm, when I've gotten everything out of a book, like there, there's some books like uh, Checklist Manifesto. Awesome book. Moral of the story, make a fucking checklist. It saves lives. And, and the, book, the book was a pretty, a pretty big book that all it did was give, oh, here's an example of how a checklist made things better. Oh, look, in this hospital, uh, by going through checklists, they were able to save $2 million in just the ER alone because of bacterial infections. They, hey, checklist one, wash your hands. Checklist two, dry them off, right? Like just simple checklists. And then, oh, look, another checklist. Uh, airlines, they were able to reduce any kind of, um, any kind of risk with uh, flying or whatever, right? So, so any any, and, and the whole book was literally just example after example after example of moral of the story, get a checklist. I didn't have to read the whole fucking book. Didn't have to read it. I could have saved my fucking time, read the back, saved my time, been like, all right, I'm good. But like getting all those analogies and stuff, I, checklists are important. Um, now, there are other books like uh, The Body Keeps the Score. Man, that motherfucker is dense. And I, I, I don't think you can get do the 80-20 rule, right? 20% of the effort gives you 80% of the results. I don't think you could apply that to a book like that because there's just so much dense information in it where, hey, trauma leaves long-lasting impacts. Yeah, that's, that's the moral. But I mean, the specific situations that, that, they're, that they're talking about, that, uh, w w what's his name? Um, Bessel, Bessel van der Kolk, 
That's the author. Have you read it? No. Oh, phenomenal. No. Phenomenal read. No, no. You, should, you should check it out. It's very, very good. Um, essentially, moral is the body has trauma, right? But all the different situations. How about, how about uh, um, man's search for meaning, right? You can't, yeah. you can't read 80% of man's search for meaning. You just no. can't. You can't read 20%, 80%. Like you need to read that whole book, right? And, and, and that book is just, it's whew, how deep, yeah, right? That's the heavy, that's a heavy one. Yeah. And it's a short one too. Quick mm. read. Um, but in certain aspects, like the, there's a book called 168 hours. Well, there's 168 hours in a week. Start budgeting your time better. You know? So when he said, you don't have to read books to completion. Yeah. He's fucking right. I mean, I've felt that the whole time. And, and with certain books, I'm just like, ah, all right, I'm, I'm over this, but I'm just finishing it for my own ego, right? Like, oh, so, I finished this book cover to cover. So Wasted time. I, I've, like, I went through a, a phase of wanting to read everything and feeling like I had to read everything. And if I don't read what everybody else has read, then I'm not going to know more than them. And now I kind of feel really different about reading. And I don't think, and, and, and let me preface this. I'm not saying that reading is not helpful, but I think what's the most helpful thing people you can do, and especially me, is just do, is actually do things <laughs> and learn in this way and learn, learn, in, <clears throat> learn my own way about it. I mean, all of these great people that, you know, have, have written books that have actually changed the, you know, changed the dynamic of what's going on they did it based on their own intuition and as time's gone on i feel like the best i've never done something i've never been indecisive about something and then thought oh well when i read this book i remember that this person did this in this sort of circumstance so i'm just going to do that i've never done that and maybe someone with a better memory would but i've never done that i've always just been like what do i what do i think what's what's my natural my natural goal on this and I'll do it. And sometimes, you know, I feel like it always works because very quickly I'll be like, that was correct or not. And if it's not, then it's like, how do I patch this up to get it to how it needs to go? So it always ends up correct. But my natural GPS, my navigational system is learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's for me that, and I also now I struggle with time to read. Like just this, I mean, right now in these last couple of months, I really do struggle like from PhD work to then reading things that I'm kind of interested in and then having the energy, like the cognitive energy to do it is pretty, pretty rough. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't get me, like I, that's one of the things I like about Naval too. He was like, you know, you just want to read the same hundred books over and over again. So that was the next quote I was just right? going to read. Yep. He yeah. said, Read the best hundred books over and over again until you absorb them rather than read as many books as you can, right? Like, bro, and, and I've done that so fucking much, like an idiot. Like, oh, well, I can't remember this. half the shit. That I, I know, I know, I know, I know. The, and know. There, there's a couple of, you know, books that I read more than once, ones that make me feel good. Not ones there that make go. me fucking think, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so, so like I, I read shit i read chop wood carry water probably four or five times why confirmation bias <laughs> you know like it's it's everything that i preach and but it, interestingly enough naval preached the same thing he says 
give, hey, give me 10 years. 10 years, do what I say for 10 years and do it to the T. Like, yeah, you'll be rich. Like, just, but it just takes time. So like anything, give it 10 years, takes fucking time. But I, I read that book four or five times over and over and over again. I fucking, and, and just to be fair, I, I say read, I don't read, not often. Um, I, I have a bunch of audibles. So I'm, I'm listening to books nonstop when I have time. Uh, but um, I, me too. Yeah. Books I do, I read a lot with. I, it's very difficult for me to find time to sit down and read because everything I'm doing, I'm constantly on the go. I don't have time to really, dude, us, us doing this podcast and me in class between the podcast, the hours we spend doing the podcast and the hours I spend in class, not doing work for class, but in class, 31 hours a week for the class, and then an additional four hours minimum a week. So 35 hours a week between the podcast and class, not including work for the podcast or work for class. So that's 35 hours a week, just fucking gone. So I don't have time to sit down. This is my sitting down time. So everything I do, I'm on the fucking run. So that's why Audible is just so useful for me. Yeah, I mean, always when I'm traveling, always when I'm in the sauna, well, not always, but most of the time when I'm in the sauna, even when I'm training, I'm listening to books. Or I, see, I, I can't do it in the sauna. Stuff. No? Oh, my God, no. I, I try in the sauna. I'm, dude, I'm just such a cunt that I can't. I'm sitting like, oh, I can't focus. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I don't know how the hell you stay in the sauna for 20 minutes at 212 degrees. Bro, I am... I, I have it at 194. I can't, at, at, and 15 minutes, I sit there, I'm like, <sighs> I, I can't even breathe. I can't breathe through my nose. It burns so fucking bad. So I can't even like try to meditate. I don't know how you do it. Well, I've, I've not done it that often, but I've made sure that I've gone in there cold. Put it that way. That makes a difference too. Um, but man, the hardest, the hardest thing I did in the sauna was an hour at 80 degrees. Did I tell you about that? When I was on the phone to Pat, when I was lying on the floor, I had to crawl out. That sounds healthy. Well, this was, a, it was one of them ones where it was like, I really regret saying that I was going to do that. Because the first 30 minutes were like a piece of cake. By 40, it's, uh, what, is, what is 80 degrees? 170? 176. 176. Yeah, Bro, 176. at 176 degrees, I'm in there for 25 minutes and I'm like, ugh, I'm done. Yeah. Why, By why? 40 minutes, it was, it, was, it was so bad. Dude, you're an idiot. By 50, I had to go from where I was onto the floor, and I'm sitting there, legs on the floor and my back on the, on the back. Then, luckily, like, Cole was coming down. She was like, what are you doing? I was like, get me water. I need water now. <laughs> Bro, the floor. I mean, I never knew I had that much water in my body. It's just pouring out. And then Pat called me. Thank God, Pat kept me company. And it was just for the last five minutes. Then it went from, I was sitting with my back on the wall for about literally about a minute. And then I was like, no, this is still too hot. So I just had my whole body flat down on the floor. Just could feel a little bit of breeze coming underneath the bottom of the door that I was just focusing on the whole time. Well, that just, just so we're both clear, you, that wasn't 176 degrees while you were on the ground. No, for sure not. No, 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 no. My thermometer, my thermometer is at eye height from the first level of where you sit. 
the second level when your head's up the top, the thermometer's in the middle of the height. Why the so fuck? Even when, why, so why even you, when it gets to, to... But that's also the thing, right? So when I say it's 100 degrees, it's 100 degrees there. I don't know what it is at the top. Because I know that from the bottom to the middle, there's a big difference. So like when my head was on the bottom of the, like right by the floor, it was very different than it was at this thermometer level. I've got no idea the difference. I should really check. Why did you decide to do this? Um, I can't remember who I heard that done it, but they said that they did that protocol for seven days and it was like, I'm, I'm going to have to try and find it, but they were saying about for growth hormone, it put their growth, it improved it by hundreds of percent. I think it was Laird Hamilton that was talking about this. 80, 80 degrees for an hour every day for like seven days. Yo, so, fuck, fuck that guy. I, bro, don't I did, I did an hour. Then I went into the cold after about two minutes. I had to get out of the cold. Cause I was seeing Jesus. <laughs> I was, I, I got out and I mean, I was on the floor on the grass and that was it. I was gone. Zales for 20 minutes. Bro. Shit like what that if, denatures your fucking brain. Dude, I feel great afterwards. Oh so yeah, do fantastic, you? Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that's because you were retarded. You were legally retarded at that point. <laughs> medically, <laughs> medically retarded, bro. Well, it was at the point where if the house was on fire, I would not have been able to move. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when you get yourself into a bad state and you're like, but you know, if it, if it was an earthquake, I'd be able to man maneuver myself right now. But there, I wouldn't have. I was gone. <laughs> I was gone. It was good though. It was a good, good experience. It was one of the hardest things I've done in this recent time since I was in India. What did you do in India? I did a really big um, like mountain trip that usually took three days. And I went up and down it. And um, I had terrible equipment. Uh, well, I had, I had none of my own equipment. I had to borrow this equipment off of this guy who gave me his dad's stuff, which was... Uh, like a plastic bag that I put into a pair of shoes that looked like they had, they were 300 years old. They had like curled, you know, like where they're so old. And um, he gave me washing up gloves, you know, like kitchen gloves that your mum would wear. He gave me some of them to put on. <laughs> anyway, anyway. And then we were going up and um, it was pretty high. It wasn't super bad not like in peru but by the time we got halfway up to the top the weather started coming in and then we was like we keep going and uh one of the guys i was with he was just in a pair of jeans and a and like a army kind of jacket these like local people they're just mad man and um by the time we got to the top it was just horrible and it was pretty late and uh then the way down it just it kept getting worse, man. The weather got worse. By the time I got back down to the to the motorbike, I mean, we were running and like sliding down the mountain to try to get off it as quick as we could. Just Why? Because the weather, it was getting dark. You know, the, the clouds were coming. It was so cold. It would go from like being so cold to hot. And we were like, we want to get down. I mean, there's a reason why it takes you, you know, a couple days to get up and down. Like, you know, and I just said I wanted to try and get it done because I only had one day to do it. And I thought, fuck it, if we're not going to get there, I'm, I don't know, I have a, I'm, I feel like I'm smart enough to be like, today's not the day, let's turn around and go back. But that day, I mean, we managed to turn out, but the best part, or the, well, the funniest part, now looking back, <laughs> is by the time, 
by the time we eventually got back to where I'd parked the motorbike, it was pitch black and their, all of their bikes, the electrics, so they were jerry-rigging everything, these fucking guys, man. Like, this bike, they, anyway, as I turn the bike on, the headlamp gone. No headlamp on gravel road at the top of a, of a mountain where as far as I could drive it. And then the guy who was with me was like, hey, do you mind dropping me off home? And I was like, well, where do you, you know, where you live, man? I mean, I don't know where the hell I'm going here. I've got no phone, no signal. You know, I don't even have a fucking headlight on the, on the bike then. But then I was like, if he's on the back, at least I'm not alone. Cause it could be way worse if I'm alone. And so now I have to go through switchbacks through like, you know, a lot of trees where it was even dark. It was, just, it was more dark than anything I'd ever seen before. But what I realized and you're, was- And you're riding and you're on your fucking motorcycle. Yeah, with this guy on the back. And then what I found out was, was when I pressed the horn, it would somehow get the headlamp on. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Fucking dumb so, and dumber. <laughs> bro. And I mean, I'm dead tired, bro. We, like, we started it at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> this this way up right and i'm trying to keep up with these two indian guys that are like mountain goats <laughs> these two guys were and i hadn't done any mountaineering in ages you know and i had deli belly because of all the fucking food over there so anyway that day going up and down i mean these guys were so nice i mean at the top he was giving me sugar cane and i took a sandwich with me like an idiot but my a sandwich so my bag got soaking wet because i the weather that was coming in and, and like falling a couple of times in, in the snow, that my sandwich was just slush. So, you know, you might, it looked like baby food. You might as well, you know, not even a bird would have ate that shit. You know what I mean? If it was on the floor, you know, but I scoffed it down because I was, I needed calories so bad. It was so cold up the top. You know, the picture of the mountain, man, it's a beautiful mountain. And you think it's going to be worth it when I get to the top. But when we got to the top, I would never have fucking known because I couldn't see my hand in front of my fucking face. <laughs> and all I'm caring about is two guys there with me. They want to pray because there's a temple, little miniature temple thing that they want to pray and, and give. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't want to be a cunt there, but I really want to get down. <laughs> time's going. I'm cold as fuck. You know, this, my feet, bro, because they give me a fucking plastic bags to put my feet in. My feet had gone, got so wet from the sweat because they couldn't breathe to then being stuck in snow. I mean, it's not like they were hiking boots. They were like old leather boots. Like imagine like old, old American football boots, the cleats that guys would wear, but back in time, you know, like that's what they were, they would, they look like. So then anyway, just as we got down off the switchbacks, the horn goes from being no horn no horn so you and i'm up in beep. couldn't even beep did you try yelling <laughs> no dude ah! it didn't matter about it didn't matter about the sound <laughs> i needed fucking light bro I well, went, that's, that's what i'm yeah. saying to, to <laughs> yeah. turn the light on <laughs> oh i actually ended up with the indicator because every time the indicator would flash it would light up a little bit of the road in front of me <laughs> and at least <laughs> Why is this and asshole least, always turning? 
and, and at least other cars, because the trucks there are driving like fucking lunatics. So at least they would see me from the front and the back if I've got it on, you know. And my buddy on the back, Raj, he didn't give a monkeys. And I'm sitting there sweating bullets thinking, we're going to fucking die. I'm taking this guy <laughs> to God knows where, and I've got to try and get myself back. Yeah. I mean, luckily, there weren't that many roads, so I, you know, more or less... I got lost so many times, I more or less know how to get myself back to where I was. But then, I, anyway, I didn't even get him all the way home. At one point, there was this massive part, and I said, Raj, bro, I'm sorry, man, but, you know, the fuel the, the fuel on the bike's low, because I didn't trust anything. I didn't trust the, the gauges didn't work properly. I never knew how much fuel I, I said, Raj, man, because we were just driving for too long. I said, bro, I'm, can you walk from here? Are you cool? Like, yeah, I'm good, man. This, I was like, all right. Cool. How long were you riding for? 20 minutes but in the complete other direction of where i was going but dude this is like 10 30 at night cole was fucking losing her mind because she ain't heard from me all day long you know do you know what i mean like, and knowing you you could be dead <laughs> well <laughs> never i haven't gone yet right lost a couple of the cat lives but um but yeah man and that's uh it was a good memory that's like my only good memory of india apart from that fuck man, fucking liberal <laughs> <laughs> as a rough place to be so but the funny thing and and i was actually i said about this story this week you know one of the important things for me is good memories man but you know all my favorite memories in the meantime when i was in the process of creating those memories in that moment they were all pretty minging do you know what i mean like they weren't like like all like the real happy moments like i don't really remember them I had a lot, but they're not really the things that I sort of keep with me. Like all the best memories I've got. Yeah, they were all pretty minging at the time when I was doing them. And can you tell them what minging is? Minging is just like awful or like not so nice. You and your cockney. You don't know minging? No, I don't know minging. You never, like, called, I, a context you never called a bird a minger before? <laughs> no. oh, you're missing out, bro. <laughs> 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 so but that's just me and like i mean i don't know bro I'm I, you know i i could agree with that like some of my some of my worst times were the times that i think about and looking back and it was it was a good time but i mean i remember some of my some of my favorite memories um when i think when i was i was truly truly happy uh, it was, so one of my buddies, Shooter, he comes up to me one day. He goes, you know how I know there's a God? I said, how? He goes, I was standing in the outfield. I was like, man, it's hot. And then as soon as I said that, I just felt like this nice warm breeze, uh, this nice cool breeze just hugging me. I sat there. I was like, oh man, thanks. He's like that, that like for some reason to him, like that, that moment, that point, it just felt divine. Mm. And when I was going through like some, some shitty stuff, I was, I was coming back and I was on, I was on my motorcycle and I, I used to fast all day and then like kind of meditate uh, after a 24 hour fast and try to just, I don't know, work shit out. Right. Mm. And I was, I was praying, I was meditating. And as I was coming back from that, I'm on my bike 
and it was cold, but the sun was setting, right? And I'm, I'm looking at this gorgeous sunset. And by bike, I'm, I'm on my motorcycle. Um, and um, there's this gorgeous sunset and it's chilly. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I felt this nice warm breeze start hugging me. And I immediately thought back to Shooter. I was like, oh man, like this is, this is happy. This, mm-hmm. is, this is divine. This is awesome for, for whatever reason, right? That's, mm-hmm. And to me, that's, that's a really happy time. Like that's a happy memory that, that I think about. And it's, holy fuck. Another one that I think about uh, where- You started with cold. Sure. You started feeling cold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it started bad and then ended up, right? And then, right. And, and, and yeah. So every, a lot of the memories, a lot of my happiest memories come from a shit time. Yeah. Mm. I, I, cause and maybe next- not the worst times, right? Like, I'm not saying like, you fucking, your pa- parents die in a car crash and it's like, that's the, your best memory that you've got. But in the process of doing, you know, there needs to be that, that appreciation. And that really only comes when your perspective gets a flip. You know what I mean? Like if it was warm the whole time, you might have not even concerned yourself with, with how you were feeling because you were maybe so somewhere else in your head thinking about something that wasn't really that important. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that cold managed to sort of bring you back into the moment. And then you got to feel that, that warm breeze, which maybe was already there too but you just never actually felt it before on that day you know what i mean yeah i mean without without agony you can't have you can't have pleasure right yeah it's it, i i'm sure i've mentioned it on this podcast before but uh, do you ever do you ever hear the twilight zone you've said this story i've not seen twilight zone yeah, but yeah you've said this story yeah. you know so it's just like the guy who who's a compulsive gambler and yeah. he's constantly he goes to hell he goes to hell. And what is hell? Yeah. He never loses. Yeah. Right? Without, and, and every single time, blackjack, blackjack, blackjack. Fuck! Losing his mind. Right? So, yeah. like, it, it, and it's, it's, I mean, if you are always winning you'll ne- and, and never losing, you can't really be happy about winning. It's like, it's like what uh, Bill Z- you said Bilzerian had said, right? Yeah. Yeah, but when you take a guy that's, focused on living that kind of life and he says the journey to the top is better than being at the top and you hear all these other people say the same sort of thing then you got to start you got to take notice so and i mean you know and this comes back to the, the the whole reading you know who's to say that if you can look at something purely yourself about the influence of others that you might come up with the best answer that's ever been there you know what i mean yeah like you know and it's the same with with also like coaching and you know and 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 sport like i'm so glad that i kind of just took myself away you know from it all you know like really like that whole time i was really gone to that was like a really big sort of dopamine fast i mean yeah all right i would drop a ton of pictures up on Instagram at some point, but I was pretty in general, pretty hard to get in touch with. I was really off it all to just try to get some sense of what normal was again. You know what I mean? And like that, that for me is the, it's, it's the key. There's gotta be that complete and utter separation 
for in order for you to sort of fully experience what it is that you're really going through. You understand what I mean? Yeah. 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 The, um, a, a concept like that, the busiest particles in the universe, the, the ones that are constantly moving are the ones at some point stay the most still. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I, I, I do that. That's that shit that I just practice, practice by the fire. Just be as still as possible. Sure. As still as humanly possible because it's, it's just, you just have to slow it down and you have to remove yourself and you have to get away. Yeah. That's, that's why people really like Tai Chi too. This slow moving stuff. But I mean, also you don't even have to really, you know, the, 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 it's funny, like there's no real line to it, you know, like so many people like, like I get questions now too from people asking me some, some questions and I just, I really don't understand what they're actually asking because it's like, how do you do this or how do you, I don't know. Like I had a question earlier on, how do you, how did you, how did you go away and not lose your mind uh, because with your own thoughts or something along along those lines. I mean, that seems like almost an impossible answer because even the answer that I, I, I sort of responded back to, I don't know if that's real or not because I'm a completely different person now than I was back then. And after this podcast, I'm a completely different person than I was before. And this whole, you know what I mean? Like, I think, who are we all kidding with with all this shit, bro? You know what I mean? <laughs> And like going back, like with coaching and that, you know, it's going to be interesting, you know, where we both end up going, because I think that the more we can hone in on our own natural intuitions, like we did a lot of looking around and getting the good bits and bobs from other people. But I think that, that, that for us to really progress is very much like diving headfirst deep into, into what really excites us and, get, you know, and, and, and we're curious about. Because you want to be, you want to be unique and different. You might have the, you might have the skill set, and you might be presented with the opportunity to, to, to do something that you never knew you were capable of doing. Well, but well, if you're looking for that step that this one guy in the book had, like, oh well, I'm now at step two, and I'm looking for what he had as he step three. You might, you know, you might be jumping up to a couple. You know what I mean? So yeah, no one, no one's done your path. Yeah, it reminds me of what, what EA said. How do you make it? Be first, be best, or be different? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a killer combo when you're all free. <laughs> so so you, you brought up Taiji. What do you know about Taiji? Is that how you say it now, Taiji? Yeah, bro, I'm bougie as fuck. I say yang. <laughs> I, say, I say yang as well. I don't say yang. <laughs> And if I'm really feeling up to it, I won't even say yin. I'll say in. Oh, yin wow. and yang. Holy shit, bro. Oh, oh, oh. No, dude, I don't know anything about it, to be completely honest. I just, I've, I've seen people do it in different parts of the world. It looks very cool. Do you know what Taiji translates to? No idea. Supreme ultimate. Oh, really? Crazy. <laughs> how, how fucking sick is that? That's crazy. I saw, I remember seeing this absolutely jacked dude doing it on the beach in the south of Brazil. 
and that was badass because all the other people I'd seen do it before were kind of dweeby looking. They looked like a strong breeze would blow them over. You know yeah. what I mean? But to see this guy under so much control doing it was it was great. Yeah, I was doing when when Vicky and I first started dating it was when I first started school and we had Qigong and Tai Chi. Those were two courses that we had to take, and it was summertime, uh, and it was. The last, literally the, the first time her and I went to the beach together was the last time I went to the beach in the past, like two, whatever years. Um, and on the beach I was doing Tai Chi and I guess she thought I was fucking badass or, or weird or whatever. Like she, she's like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Like I want to do that. But it, Tai Chi on the beach, bro. So cool. Qigong, Tai Chi, whatever on the beach. Great. And I do, I do aspects of Qigong every single day with my grounding and it's okay, it's, yeah. it's 15 total breaths that's all i do yeah, that that's that's the bare minimum that i do and i do it every day 15 breaths and and with the 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 morning crew that i have now when we go and we work out you know for the weight loss crew and you know guys like me that just don't want to be fat fucks anymore um we do i make sure we go for we go for a walk we'll walk about a half mile take our shoes off go on the grass do our 15 breaths and then we come out and then we go in and we start our workout. It's, mm. it's, it's a great way. It's, it's a slow way and a easy going way to keep your focus and forget about everything else. Mm. It's pretty like to explain it like that. Um, and, and even, even when the people had emailed you and asked you like, how don't you lose your, how don't you go crazy in your own thoughts? Well, that's why you do these things. That's why you meditate. And, 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 and I mean, you're just sitting still, right? Like, just be still. Be that, be that slow-moving particle in the universe and, and just chill out and allow your thoughts to come through because they're suppressed because you're busy all the time. You don't have time to mm -hmm. think. So let those thoughts come through and let them work themselves out. I mean, that is therapy. What the fuck is therapy anyway? You're sitting there and you're, you're getting your thoughts out. You're getting it out there. I mean, that's why they say even journaling, right? A five-minute journal. That's a great, it's a great therapy. Uh, there, were, there were presidents. Um, I want to say it was Jefferson. Not like it matters to you, but I, I want to say it was Jefferson who would write a letter. If he got bad news and he had to respond to it right away, or, and he had to write, so, and so he would write the letter, put it in a drawer and wait 24 hours before sending it out. Gave him a chance to like get it out, put it on paper. And he said by the end of his presidency, he had stacks and stacks of papers, letters that sure. he just never sent out, right? So it gives you an opportunity, even just writing that stuff out. It's therapeutic. Just get it out. So sitting there mm -hmm. thinking of nothing, letting those thoughts just fucking come and go and come and go. There's your therapy right there. Right? Like, so, I mean, you came back and you don't give a fuck about certain shit, right? Like, and you were always kind of that guy anyway, but all that stress that you left with, you didn't come back with it. No, and, you know, like, it's weird because, like, the whole word, like, meditation has such a weight to it, you know? And because you don't need to sit, you know, I think there's many things that can be meditative, right? Even eating food can be meditative oh, if yeah. you're in the right going for the a right walk. place sex can be or cannot be or walking or cycling or 
hot and cold stuff, like even just training like that sort of Tai Chi stuff. I mean, what, where's the line between it? I mean, I don't know what it is exactly that you're doing. I guess it's just some movements with your body, right? Like you're going through sort of open chain movements, like some basic calisthenic work or, or what is it? Because where's the boundary, you know, between that and just sort of some sort of dynamic stuff that you do by yourself. You know what I mean? It's all the same shit. Yeah. But we love to put like a label on it and like, oh, well, I do this. So like, I'm, it's like, oh, everyone's playing like the status and power game. Yeah. It's ego. Everything. Yeah. But I mean, also like, and like, I don't mean to make this all confusing, but like, I don't think ego is also like a bad thing. I think if you've got an unjustified ego, like you're just a prick and you've done nothing to, 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 to almost deserve it. I've got, there's an issue there, but like, if you're like, say like, for example, if you look at videos of Mike Tyson, right? You got to have this, ego. this guy was the, he was the baddest motherfucker on the, on the planet. Definition of ego, a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance or self-importance. Yeah. So it's important. I would say you want to have an ego, but it needs to be congruent with what you've actually done and what you've achieved. So say like, for example, Mike Tyson, right? They used to interview him. And if you see bits that are pulled out of context, he's like, yeah, well, I'm the best ever. It's an insult that this person can even think that he can come into the cage with me. Like, you know, well, he's, you know, he used to say things like I want to eat his children and stuff like that. Right. Like that's, I think that's how, how far he will go. But, there's nothing wrong with the man that was yep. helping him do what he wanted to do. And it was 100%. justified. You know what I mean? So yeah. like there's, I don't know, man, like there's so much push for, and it seems like that's it. That's the case in, in the whole culture right now. Like you have to kind of be and think and say things in this way. And like ego's bad and, and humble. You know, it, like you want to be humble. humble. So yeah, here's, like, what here's the fuck's what fuck, that all about? Here's what pisses me off about. Oh, he's so humble. You want to know the motherfucking definition of humble? Having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own self-importance. Yeah, and this fucks Imagine if up. Steve Jobs was fucking humble. Exactly. Are you kidding me? Exactly. And I'm glad that we're talking about this shit, right? Because yeah, there's a bunch of, the, of cunts out there. Yeah, just pussy fucking people that don't want to do nothing with their life. And then when there are people that are out there doing it and they're being brave and courageous and they have a big ego that they deserve, these fucking pussy ninja warriors keyboard warriors sorry are trying to fucking drag them all down but yep. there there are six so there, there's a fantastic book and uh and and an old psychologist called andrew salter right this guy wrote a book called conditioned reflex therapy and it is a really fucking good book it was written ages ago he used to have a super successful practice in new york he never studied formally uh, anything past a bachelor's in psychology, I believe. But he was um, um, incredible and he changed the field forever, right? He had these, he used to say that all psychological issues are due to inhibition. Everything from like addictions to, to, um, uh, to you know, to basic anxiety or depression or different stuff like this, right? So he would say that the, the cure for that is excitation. So he would have these six drills that he would make sure that people had to do all the time. And it's pretty funny when you start. And I, these are one of the first basic stuff that I go through with people. First one is feeling talk. Say how you feel. If you're good, say you're feeling good. If you don't feel good, say you don't feel good. You know, like being 
completely transparent with how you're feeling, right? Maybe not. And circumstances depend, right? If you're up in, in, in your headmaster at school and you're saying that you feel really sad, I mean, I'm not saying that you should do it then, but you know what I mean? Like expressing of your feelings, especially with people that you need to, right? So if you do something to me that I don't like and I say, yeah, well, it's all right. But inside I'm like, you a fucking cunt. I, that's, not, that's not working, right? That's not psychologically healthy. Then the next one is facial talk. So that's part of this one. Because if I say to you, I'm feeling really sad, but I'm kind of smiling because I'm not really feeling those emotions. I'm, I'm missing a lot of the, 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 the pathways neurologically of what's going on. It's like, if you smile, it makes you feel happy because it's kind of just been associated through conditioning over and over and over again. Or maybe it wasn't how it originally started because babies smile and shit. But, I don't, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? Being with your, all the micro expressions, you've got so many muscles on your face, have them express what it is also that you're saying in terms of your feelings. Now, the next one is I talk, which is you say I a lot. So say what you think, what you feel, what, you know, what you're doing. Talk about yourself. You know, it's, 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 it's very, very important. Now, the next one's come in and these are quite interesting. The next one is express agreement when praised. Now, yeah. think about that. Yep. Yep. Express agreement when praised. Yep. So, and I, dude, I do this a lot with all my clients. I tell them how good they've done. And if they ever give me that shit, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it wasn't that good. It could have been better. What are you doing? Like, what are you, what are you really doing? I'm taking time and energy out of myself to praise you for doing something that I perceive as well. And you're receiving social recognition, but you're then making yourself feel bad for receiving it and pushing it away. It's so damaging to you. It, it, there's nothing worse. How do you know that you're doing good? Because the people you love and trust around you are telling you that's good, bro. You know what I mean? So then if I say, bro, you know, you're doing so great, man. Like, I'm just proud of you. You're rocking it. You say, yeah, well, you know, it's just not really that good enough. I don't want to say it back to you. And almost you make me feel bad. Like, yeah. you're feeling bad. I'm feeling bad. I praise you. So it's a bit of a shit show. So that's very psychologically damaging. And I used to do that when I was younger. Oh, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm still a cunt that does that. Yeah, but it sh you shouldn't do it. You well, should be, what sucks you should is be I, more like, go on. What sucks is I genuinely don't think that I do a good job. I genuinely, but if I, if I do well enough, I'm like, yeah, I was fucking good. Yeah. I mean, but if someone praises me, I'm dude, any kind of compliment, any kind of praise, I have no idea how to handle it. Never got complimented my whole life. <laughs> you, you should, you should, you should, uh, you say, thank you. And you know, I also think that we've done a really good job here. Like I'm really, yeah. I'm really happy with the result too. I mean, you don't have to be a prick about it. Like, yeah, well, I'm fucking just Jesus, you know, I'm a, a genie. <laughs> You know, I touch you and boom, it's gone, you know, like, you know, but, um, so that one's important. Then contradict and attack. So if you're, if, if you're hearing things that you don't agree with or something happens that you don't agree with, you have to contradict it and you have to stand up for yourself because it builds tremendous resilience and, so, and your self-esteem goes up through the roof, but you have to be brave enough to do it. A lot of this is to do with bravery and, and courage, right? It's funny. Like, I don't think people a couple hundred years ago had to go over this but i could be wrong i could be wrong i don't know and then the last one which is my favorite one is be spontaneous but that uh, those were the drills that he would get and a lot of people there you know and 
this book, I mean, I, I pick it up every now and then. And it's a shame that some of the case studies are, are, are escaping my mind because it's full of them. They're fascinating. And uh, the, these drills, are these are exercises that you can be practicing all day, every day. And they help to build this sense of, 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 of bravery and courage as to who you are. They help to increase your self-esteem. And at the same time, things like ego and, but dude, I, I have a big, big issue with people say that ego is not, ego is a bad thing. Well, what are you going to do without an ego? Well, and not to mention everything that you do, you need to do with fucking confidence. You yeah. have, if you're not, if you're not confident, are you kidding me? If you're, if you don't have an ego, you ain't going to be fucking confident. So then what are you doing? So if you're saying, oh, no, 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 I really don't feel like this. Like, then you're just a fucking liar. Like, wait, yeah. so, right? Like, what, 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 what the hell? What, what are we talking about here? People, yeah. people want to criticize people for having an ego all the time. I mean, look at, look at the Conor McGregor thing, right? Yeah. Oh, Conor McGregor, he talks to, or Muhammad Ali talking about, like, what round he's knocking motherfuckers out in. Or the Mike Tyson, right? Like, this is what you're supposed, now, these are fighters. But you think there's a CEO who heads a company, a multi-million, billion-dollar company that's going to say, well, maybe I know what I'm doing. Maybe I don't. I'm not too sure. No, this mother is like, no, this is how you do it. This is how you run a fucking company. And anyone have any questions? Get your own fucking company. Be the fucking CEO of it and prove me the fuck wrong. Sure. And there I might be, he might be having doubts sometimes with what he's doing, but that's a natural part of the way it is. They're going to be few and far between as time goes on and that you build up these, these, these internal resources, let's say, but bro, like, you know, and it's funny, man, because some of the things that are the questions I, I get from people and that, and I really believe that the majority of people, man, even though they say that they're, it's really bad and like they don't want it to be like this anymore. They do. They do want it to be that way. I don't think that they really want it to be different. Because if you did, you'd get you, you'd move yourself. Like you change, you could change your situation based on two things, either inspiration and desperation. Inspiration would be nice if it worked most of the time, but it's pretty hard to be inspired to always make big changes. But desperation's a pretty fucking good way of getting people moving their ass. Yeah, you understand so, what I mean? hundred percent. And I think about this. This is what I talk about with McCordy all the time. It's, that's a very, a very delicate and, 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 and uh, very interesting, strange fucking situation where you have someone that's depressed and all the person has to do, and we treat patients like this all the time, where I've said, do me a favor, take your shoes off, go outside and stand on the grass. And the person comes up with every single excuse in the world as to why they can't just stand barefoot on the fucking grass. Because realistically, you go for a walk outside for 20 minutes. Don't bring your phone. Don't bring anything, right? Go out for a walk for 20 minutes. You come back, you're going to feel a lot better, right? You're not going to feel nearly as bad as you did prior to the walk. Mm. And they can't do it, right? There, there are people that are so fucking depressed they can't even manage to wake up, get up, and almost feed themselves, right? Yeah. So they don't want to feel like that. Like there's a, they, they genuinely don't want to feel like that. But for some reason, they don't feel it's, – it's not to the point where they just do the little things that work. Like when my back fucking hurts, 
if it's if it's like whatever i'm just like i'll just sit there i'll complain about it i'll do my you know little that's why you know if anyone ever watches the podcast you see me doing this it's because my back is killing me right but there's things that i can actually do to prevent my back from hurting this bad right i can i can do certain stretches every single day for x amount of time and my back actually doesn't feel bad it prevents this from happening but i don't do it why because i'm fucking lazy why because i'm not that desperate right now where my back where 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 it hurts so badly that i need to do these fucking stretches right so it's it goes back to what you said it's fucking desperation but going back to the depression it's tough i so i i mean truly 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 depressed people getting them moving it's like I, for for instance someone wanting to lose weight how badly do they want to lose weight they all want to lose weight that bad but what's going to get them into the gym and what's going to get them to stop eating the fucking ritz crackers what's you know like how what is that extra hump what that we just need to get them over we're we're not seeing something is it there's desperation no, there's no answer there's no one it's it's it's, it's actually uh, well, how much you want to change like, they don't even need to go to a gym no no they just need to they stop don't eating need to do anything yeah they just, exactly. exactly you, you actually do and, nothing and you'll lose weight exactly <laughs> exactly so look you know with things like you know and this is like where these sort of conversations always, they seem to get hard because then people are like, well, you don't know how it is for me. And you're right, I don't. But also people don't, like, I don't know how you really feel. I take, I can understand you as much as what you're willing to share, but even still, no matter how empathetic I am, I'm never going to experience the what you're going through, right? But the same vice versa. Now, there are people that are for sure, and I mean, this is like, you know, the 90% of people or probably more than that. I mean, it just seems like in America that you have such a, this mental health issue, which it doesn't seem like it's as big elsewhere in the world. That's what it seems like to me. It seems like there's this very big, big issue there, right? Could be that it's maybe I'm ignorant and I don't know the facts could easily be, or it could be that it's, it's reported different. I don't know. But it seems like over there, it's really, really big, right? Now, there are people that are going to for sure just have naturally depressive symptoms. Like they're just born that way and they're going to be like, it's like a, there is a chemical issue. I'm sure of it. If we look at like subclinical stuff, I'm not talking about clinical based cases, right? I don't have any, I've got no right to be talking about anybody with clinical grade uh, depression and different stuff like that. But the majority of people, they just, they the, the, the sense of, they just sort of, the devil they know is better than the devil they don't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of the time, like I get messages from guys and, you know, after a little while they say, you know, man, that was really, that was really good. And, and I said, well, what did you actually learn? Well, actually I learned that I don't actually have anything wrong with me. I just needed a kind of, a, you know, a bit of a kick. And they just got themselves going again because also even the you know like the best kind of like therapy like i don't think i do therapy and i don't think i'm a psychologist or none of that stuff i'm interested in it i'm studying my phd in psychology but i wouldn't say i'm a psychologist and i would never call myself that but the best therapists to me are more like philosophers and 
they they have these different levels of what they can do to relate to people, to try to get them moving in their own life. Because really, they're not going, right, listen, here's a little sheet. Here's, here, take this card and just read the back of it and then you're fucking sorted. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that don't, that, that's not it either. Like, well, it could work. People, <laughs> <laughs> people need a fucking, they need to live their own life and do their own thing and become, become almost what their destiny is meant to be. Try to become God themselves. You understand what I mean? Like just yeah. go and, 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 and just keep going and, and pursue it. You know, like no matter what you want to say, like, and again, it's not, like for fucking clinical cases, but I'm sure there's also good examples of clinically, clinically um, ill patients that have managed to sort of turn it around and do something really great with their life, even though they might still struggle with it. You know, they've managed to succeed in spite of it. You look around because there's examples everywhere. Like everybody struggled. Are you, there's not a single person who's lived life the whole time and never had something bad happen to them. Even like people that, you know, like trust fund kids, you know, like people say, oh, well, you don't know because you've never had it hard. Well, you don't know because maybe they got everything that you think that you the, 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 you need to make your life better and they're missing the one thing that they wish that you had, which is maybe time with their parents, right? I know, so, you know, I don't think, you know, it's so hard, to, it's so hard to know what is what's the the right place to be putting even children involved with you know what i mean like how to how to chuck them into the right environment you don't know and i think that the real conclusion is, is that there isn't one you just that's life's just meant to be what one big experiment you just chuck them in and then just see what happens yeah I, I, so what what you had said about america being more mental health issues um i believe the rest of the world one percent of the population is schizophrenic mm -hmm. in america it's one and a half percent uh okay. as far as depression goes uh i believe something like 60 percent of the american population will experience depression and or anxiety at some point in their life 60 percent mm. of 330 million people so what yeah. is that 180 million people Right, but I would say it would be a hundred percent of people. Maybe I, I, I because don't know. because you know anxiety, a, a true panic attack though, right? Like how many people have legitimate fucking anxiety attacks? Okay, well, you know what I mean. Like where where have you ever had like a flat out panic attack before? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no. So so you saying I think so versus oh no, I've driven myself to the hospital thinking I had a fucking stroke because the side yeah. of my face went fucking numb. Yeah, right. well, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't move, and I was in, you know, debilitate. I was like completely broken down. Couldn't yeah. stop crying. Yeah, panic attack, right there. Yeah, right. Yeah, and change, but yeah, I would say that I've, but I'd never, you know, how are you even going to define this? Mm -hmm. So, so one of the reasons why I think something along those lines in America occurs is because of the lack of adversity, mm. right? It's when you don't have that struggle, you find things to struggle over, mm -hmm. right? Like, look, look at all the bullshit that goes on that people complain about 
that, you know, people, people, people say stuff like uh, first world problems. Oh, it's just first world problems. Oh, I couldn't get my shore house this summer. Oh man, my summer's ruined. This is terrible. And they're upset about it. Right. Mm. Meantime, you go over, go over to India and there's something called deli belly where they literally just eat their own food and their stomach goes to hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, why are we depressed? Because for the same exact reason why that Twilight, Twilight Zone episode is, is so miserable for that guy. Why is that hell? Because he doesn't fail. Because he never loses. So, I mean, if you never really have any real adversity, there's no downs to really give you the ups. So everything's just blah. Your whole life uh, is one big up and it's just still a blah. Yeah. And I think like, it's kind of like the weather. Like, it's always, you know, depending on where you are, it's going to rain. Sometimes it's sunny, sometimes it's raining. And sometimes it seems like life's in your favor and sometimes it seems like it's not. If, you're, if you've got something worthy enough that you're sort of striving for, I think that it don't really matter. Like you can just sort of keep on going. But, I, you know, then it's, it, it's kind of hard with, uh, and I mean, I don't know because I don't live over there, but, you know, like what are people really striving for? You know, like I try to prioritize that. Like if, if each day's new, we get another day under the sun. I try to focus firstly on what's the main priorities. So I, it works like this for me. Health is the first one, my health. So I wake up and I focus on my own health. Then my wealth. And that involves, you know, creativity, working financially, financially, 